Hey, it's Matt, and you're listening to the Matt Foss Mashup. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Math Lost Mashup. I'm so thankful and deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me here today as we talk about a four-step problem-solving approach that does not always work and what to do about it. Let's jump right into it. Most people assume that we are rational beings. Most people in the education profession, well, we thrive on rationality because that's what drives our cognitive decision-making, our cognitive instruction, our cognitive assessments. Everything about education is cognition. Yet more and more we realize there are more domains that need to be addressed. Even Anderson, Crothwall, when they updated to Bloom's taxonomy a few years back, they realized a cognitive dimension is not the only dimension that matters. Well, this becomes even more important when we are dealing with problems on a school. It deals with the assumption that people are rational decision makers. However, you and I both know it's easy for feelings to cloud intelligence and to cloud decision making. Once people become emotional about a topic, logical thinking goes out the window. Many times the logical arguments they bring to you in your office are just layers on top of the emotion. We assume that the rational mind plays a huge role in decision making, but in reality, the subconscious mind, the place that stores all of our emotional data, all of the experiences that impact our emotion that we pick up from the environment, any emotional wounds or wrongs that they felt like have occurred in your school culture, these things can hijack decision-making. So the solution would be a simple problem-solving process that you can apply anytime someone comes into your office and expresses a complaint, an issue with a program or initiative or an issue with someone on their team. Problem solving. Step one, separating the person from the problem, the emotion from the logical problem. Step two, focus on a solution as opposed to being warped into, magnetized into the problem. Focus on possible positive outcomes. Number three, be collaborative. Think about how both parties involved in the problem can win. And then step four, think about how our collective commitments can evaluate a solution in terms of what we're trying to achieve at our school. This sounds like a wonderful approach, doesn't it? It's an approach that is very common 
in school leadership literature right now. It's an approach that's embedded in many of the principal self-help books that are out there. But it may not work most of the time. And that's because of emotional hijackers. So what do we do about the emotional hijackers? It appears, if this is true, it appears that most problems that come up really aren't about finding solutions. And if you've been in the principal office any length of time, you've probably come to realize that this is true as well. Matter of fact, many mentors will simply say, listen, listen and let people vent. That's not what I'm suggesting here because, well, venting kind of sounds like you're minimizing the problem. But there's a truth in that. That harkens to the real solution. Empathy. Empathy is not the same as feeling the grievance, feeling the complaint, or sharing the feelings of the person who's bringing the problem forward. Empathy is about understanding the problem. Seek to understand it. Label it. Be the person who can name it accurately. Oftentimes, teachers and staff members have problems with each other or with a program or initiative simply because of a lack of clarity inability to really grasp the overall purpose and implementation. And then the inability is not really their fault. Oftentimes, it's just a downfall of the communication that has occurred. So what do I mean by empathy, labeling the problem? Let me give you a few quick tips to help. There's one principle. This one principle will guide the tips that I'm about to share. And the principle is this. The person who asks the questions controls the conversation. Now, when someone comes to you with a problem, it's typically that they feel out of control of whatever scenario they're trying to solve. There's a lack of control, a sense of chaos. It causes the frustration. It causes the emotional hijacking. So when they come to you, they don't want to feel like you are controlling them by giving solutions, giving answers, giving problems, but they do want to feel a sense of calm, a sense of control over the situation. To do this, lead with questions. Additionally, Leading with questions allows you to learn about the problem so that you can accurately label it. If you sit and listen long enough, if you ask questions more in any given conversation about a problem, you'll learn everything you need to know to help the person solve that problem on their own. Here are three tips to lead with questions when someone brings a problem to you. Number one, be aware of their tone of voice. Think about a counselor's couch, a therapist who you may speak to 
to help you solve your own problems, therapists know that their tone of voice, calm, a lowered intonation, and a smooth voice level. <laughs> Think about the late night jazz channel. That soothing, calm voice can give the person who's coming to you a sense of calm. Tip number two, close listening. Once you understand that asking the questions gives you control of the conversation, you are poised to listen more. You do not owe a response to anyone who comes to you, but you do owe listening. And if someone brings a complaint that oftentimes will throw you off base or a complaint that comes from left field and just sideswipes your attention, take a breath and remember, I'm here to listen, not to solve the problem. And tip three, probably the most important, Tip three is you do not owe a rational response. A rational response where you give a logical solution, where you give a logical right line of thinking, most oftentimes can escalate the emotions, the emotional hijackers. So let's summarize this problem-solving approach. It includes a prelude where you tackle the emotional hijackers by showing empathy and helping someone to label and to clarify the issue. Oftentimes, this alone can solve the problem. It's the typical advice that you might hear to listen and louse people to vent to you, except for it's done in a way that communicates empathy. The second approach or the second phase of problem solving includes a logical, rational four-step process. It can be done with you at the lead or with someone else facilitating the problem solving, an instructional coach, a team leader, or just simply two colleagues together. So remember, we're not always the rational thinkers we like to think we are. And oftentimes, emotional hijackers stand in our way to their best problem-solving capabilities. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of the MathFost Mashup. I hope it helped you in some small way to take one step forward in your leadership or management skills. If you enjoyed the episode, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can help me stay on the air by leaving a rating, a review, or subscribing in whatever podcast app you listen. As always, you can get the show notes, the research, and all the strategies behind this episode at mafost.com, M-A-F-O-S-T dot com. Now let's go out there and make an impact.